Alright guys, welcome to the podcast. This week's sponsor is MageMarket.com. That's right. MageMarket.com is a fantastic site to find your greatest singles. So MageMarket has their version 1.0 that has been out for a little while. They're just about to completely revamp their website and they should be done by the end of this month. I'm super excited to see it. They're going to have a new market to not only have the lowest prices for trading card singles, but also allow to put up your own bid. So if you're not willing to pay that $90 for Ren and Six, you can put, I want 85 And then a seller like me can go, you know what, I'll take that bid. And it allows to have the seller to have more control. But I have an offer for you. So as this comes out, we have a promo code this week for 5% off on any order that you use on Mage Market, and that also helps support this channel. So thanks again, Mage Market, for all that you do and for the sponsorship. We, uh, we really appreciate you. Again, this week promo code is 5% off for anything at magemarket.com. And the charity of choice is magickids.org. That's M-A-G-I, kids.org. This is a fantastic charity uh, organization that uses Magic the Gathering for extracurricular activities for communities, uh, schools, homeschooling groups. Certainly check them out. You can go to their website, again, magickids.org, and there's essentially three options that are actionable. Number one, you can donate money. Number two, you can donate cards and send it directly to their address. Or number three, you can become a volunteer teacher yourself, and they'll send you kits to teach new kids to get them into magic. Magickids.org. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Rob Zolson. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. This Week in MTG has, this particular week has exploded. We got new bands and restrictions announcement that we've been prepping for. And above all else, I have to do this right. Pioneer. Pioneer. Well, that didn't turn out as near as well as I wanted it to. <laughs> Trying to out some new functions on the audio board. But today I have with me uh, Nick. Say hello, sir. Hello. So Nick is my roommate and uh, decided to help me fill in. We were uh, in the process of getting a new co-host, a permanent co-host. Um, shout out to uh, Billy from MTG Alchemy. He uh, wants to give this uh, co-hosting thing a try, and we're uh, excited to have him. But get better. He's been uh, really ill and seems to be getting a little bit uh, worse as of this week. So we're uh, wishing the best, buddy, and hope you can be on the show next week. But today's special guest, we have Marin from her YouTube channel, Marin MTG. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good today. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Happy to have you. Thanks for taking the time. And, you know, again, this is the week that we have to hype a pioneer, and you have been brewing away. I've been following your YouTube channel. In fact, we were just listening to a couple episodes uh, getting ready for the podcast, and you have definitely uh, been right on the forefront and pretty excited for this. How was how uh, things in the wild? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to jump onto this hype train. It's it's a lot of fun, especially for a dedicated modern player like me. Having a modern format that doesn't have degenerate turn three wins and decks like Tron and Storm is an absolute, it's just like, it's a dream. 
And I really hope this format keeps going really strong because it's a lot of fun to brew in. And it's it's really cool. I've been like watching around my friends' streams and even my own streams. We're running into like none of the same two decks, except obviously Team or Marvel. But everyone's brewing their own strategy and their own unique decks. And it's really awesome to see that people are getting into that realm of brewing, unlike modern where everybody net decks. So it's fun to see all the variety when you play. Yeah, there's there's this wonderful place where no one was prepared for it, at least what seemingly was no one, even though there was a small spike in these Pioneer cards a week before the announcement, so someone knew. But yeah, we're in this wonderful place where there's no MTG Goldfish of the world where people can net deck what's good. They actually have to sit there and you know remember some cards that they used to play in standard, like, oh man, Siege Rhino is broken. I wonder how good it'll be here. And just really go back of what you, you truly loved and brew away. So what better time to get on the forefront than right now? But before we dive too much into Pioneer, again, we're going to have a lot to cover. What festivals are coming up, sir? All right. November 1st to the 3rd, we have Magic Fest Nagoya and Leon. And then the 8th to the 10th, we have Magic Fest Richmond. Perfect. And I'm kind of sad we don't have Montreal on the list. It was great fun making Canadian jokes. I mean, I'm in Minnesota, so that's just a, a, a place where... You can't let any Canadian joke slip out. Oh, sure, you betcha. Oh, sure. Again, Pioneer was released this week, and we're going to go on a couple different deck lists. Actually, the feature deck lists, uh, we're going to try to cover some of uh, Marin's lists because they're quite spicy. But let's dive into finance before we do that. So, of course, this week's finance has been completely ruled by Pioneer. So the single pieces that are most hyped is, number one, the copycat combo that was banned from Kaladesh using Felidar Guardian and Sahili. So both pieces are up. You'll find those uncommons from Kaladesh like two, three bucks right now. Other pieces like Aetherworks Marvel, which got banned out of Kaladesh, that's still skyrocketing. Smuggler's Copter, so a lot of these Kaladesh big bands are being focused. But also the long time dig through time. I'm just blown away with this listen, Pioneer. They said that Pioneer is from Return to Ravnica going forward. So they said that the only cards banned out of the gate are Fetchlands. Um, uh, it just hurts the brain what you can brew with some of these cards that are you know, restricted and things like uh, Vintage even. So check your lists, uh, ch check your deck collections, and see that you know, even some of these uncommons are spiking right now. And we're not seeing a whole lot of uh, stuff go cheaper other than some Ixalan pieces. So... Again, everything's focused on Pioneer. So, cheap pickups. Again, Carnage Tyrant, Ixalan piece. A Carnage Tyrant is that, you know, six buck price. If you play EDH, grab it. It's a great piece. Even Karn the Great Creator, which, you know, that's a big modern piece right now, putting in a lot of those monocolor decks. Uh, I'm seeing it just continually slip because people are focusing more on Pioneer. And Finale of Promise it's no longer really being used as a huge brew piece in standard, at least a lot of core pieces. So it's now five bucks has not got that low since it's been released. And the biggest shock, which I think will change now that pioneers out is Karn sign of Urza, the four drop Karn. I think that this will eventually go back up, but right now it's nine bucks. So any colorless planeswalker that, that does anything for, you know, synergy or card draw, it'll definitely go up. All right, next on the script here, we have 
uh, an update to bans and restrictions announcement. Again, they did it at the beginning of the month, but they said right away that they have to go through and do another one, which tells us that this is going to be essentially a standard ban. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just make an annulment right away? It's because of card sales. So sure enough, we had two bans, surprisingly enough. Field of the Dead, surprise, surprise, finally banned. So all of those, you know, Bant, Land, Fetch combos are gone. And in Popper, um, how do you say that? Arkham's Astrolabe? Much. Pretty much. We just got to give a uh, best effort. So, again, we're happy to see Popper banned because Popper came out. Uh, we haven't seen any adjustment to Popper since it finally is an officialized format outside of MTGO. And seeing this is definitely a nece uh, necessary ban, but more importantly, just seeing something shows that Magic's paying attention to it, which we're a lot of people have concerned of. There's still other issues such as, you know, land fixing that people have been complaining about for a while, but that's just going to be fixed, in my opinion, with some future print of some master set. So they're certainly looking at it. They're following the format along. And let's just go right into the standard deck of the week. So now with the ban being free and clear, we're seeing Jund on top of the list. But not necessarily Jund. It's being splashed into like a Gruul deck, just a pure black green hate. So we're seeing a lot of the love struck beasts because there's a lot of one drops. We're seeing um, most common is Murderous Rider, a three drop creature knight that has the ability to adventure to destroy a creature or a planeswalker. It's going to be used to death until it rotates out of standard. And then I'm assuming it's going to be a pioneer staple to deal with planeswalkers. But gross, gross cards, and of course, what did you call it? Queen B, I think was the nickname on some of your videos. Yeah, I saw somebody in a Twitch chat calling it Queen B, and so uh, it was in my buddy Fluffy Wolf 2's chat. He was playing my Hex Drinker Stompy list, and he added Queen B when Throne of Eldraine came out, and then that just the name kind of just caught on. I, I like it, you know, just like we call, uh, was it Gray Merchant of something, we call him Gary. I don't even know his real name just because he's always been called Gary. So these names stick, and I really hope that one sticks because it, it seems to fit. But again, it's using these green and black uh, pieces, Rankle Master of Pranks. Certainly check it out. This is what's seeming to be on top for now. Who knows how rotation will happen because, it's again, it's only been a week of the ban being out. But this is really proving some real tournament stats. Certainly check it out. Go to mtggoldfish.com, and it'll be there on the standard listings. So I'm going to take normally the slots we use for Modern and go through some Pioneer decks. And Marin, you have had a few really sweet decks. So the first one I want to go over is Hardened Scales that you had for Pioneer. And yeah. I remember Hardened Scales coming out for Modern for Affinity, and I always had the classic Affinity deck. That's what I've ran for a long time for my, you know, net deck if you will but having that real buff pieces behind it where you don't have to use cranial plating super gross so in a 1v1 matchup it was really hard for classic affinity to go against the harder scales counterpart and seeing pieces like walking ballista winding constrictor this is a great deck and didn't you get 10 and 2 record with this yeah, it was crazy. My my plan was to like jump into Pioneer and like explore the busted archetypes first things first. And so the first thing that came to mind was Hardened Scales because that was crazy when it was in standard. Just Hardened Scales plus Winding Constrictor together when you have Ballista and Hangerback Walker is just, it's so hard to deal with. So jumped right on it and what do you know, it did very well. 
So the other pieces I see in this list that really uh, stand out that I just really wouldn't think of is a place, a home for Carnes Bastion, because four to proliferate seems a lot, but when you have so many counter synergies on the field, watching that being played is so disgusting. Even with Yeah, I've actually... Oh, sorry to interrupt, no but I, I use it very well in conjunction with uh, Vraska Golgari Queen because uh, she can like minus three to uh, abrupt decay something basically. And when I was getting uh, Vraska, because like she starts at four loyalty, when she abrupt decays, she goes down to one loyalty. She plus twos to go up to three. So if you were to try to use her abrupt decay ability the next turn, she would just kill herself. But if you proliferate with Karn's Bastion, you proliferate her loyalty up to four, then you can freely abrupt decay again. So it works so well with that and just literally anything that has counters in the deck, like especially walking Ballista when you have a scales out, just works so well. There's other pieces that you just don't see at all just because you're dipping into a different pool than modern is Evolution Sage. I saw that played in draft essentially only in uh, when it came out recently, but that proliferate mechanic with the land enters the battlefield under my control, then proliferate. You can stack that. Now, if only we had fetches in Pioneer, but that is still pretty gross in of itself, even with like an evolving wilds. Yeah, you still have a fabled passage. So that's like a basically a evolving wilds that makes the land enter untapped but honestly every single game every single round i ended up siding evolution sage out because it was so cuttable i only actually cast it like twice and it wasn't even that good so honestly um if i were to ever build the deck again i would cut that and uh, a buddy of mine uh by the name of zernak on youtube he he's this youtuber who does like affinity all the time and even hardened scales affinity so he's like a specialist at that but that was in modern he suggested trying Verterus Gearhulk. He says that he's been trying that in Pioneer uh, in Hardened Scales and that it's just, it wins games. So if I were to build the deck, definitely, uh, if you were to build the deck, definitely try Verterus Gearhulk. So being in the Pioneer format, we get a couple extra turns. You know, it's turn, modern turn to, like everybody said, it's been like a turn three format, but really we've had these decks that are cancerous that do turn two. Or I've, I've been a mill player for years, right? I archive trap, I've won turn zero. Just having someone fetch a land and then me playing four archive traps. So modern is a very interesting place. And just knowing that, oh, we can go to turn five. We can go to turn six. Gear Hulks become an epicenter of what I think Pioneer is going to be. So, you know, Verdant, amazing card. But even so, where there's no Snapcaster Mages. So Torrential Gear Hulk, if anybody's playing a blue deck, that I can't wait to give that a try when I brew. That's, that's, uh, I feel like it's an underrated modern card, TBH. Like, I actually played it in a modern deck a week before Pioneer even came out. And we only got to cast it once, unfortunately, but it's not bad. Like, imagine the scenario where you were going to snap Crypto Command. You're going to pay six mana for that anyways. Might as well get a five, six body, and then you get to still cast that Crypto Command, and you're still paying a total of six mana. And uh, the Verter Scarehulk can double as a win con. So I think that it's just, it's super underrated. The fact that you have to get up to six mana is its only downside. But when you're playing hard control, you can definitely get to that. So I can see, uh, yeah, like you said, Gearhulks um, being on the uprise, maybe some of them. I've definitely seen all of them seeing play. Because Noxious Gearhulk sometimes sees play in Abzan. Obviously, the blue one's going to see play in a lot of control decks. The red one is only really meant to see play in the red-white or Mardu refurbished Gearhulk reanimator decks. And the white one I've seen as like an Eldritch Evolution target. So, and then Verdus Gearhulk, like I said, is probably going to find its home in the Hardened Scales decks. So it's cool that all these old cards that were previously trashed here 
are now going to be on the uprise again. And it's cool to see that. And it's like, it's, it's funny how I'm seeing a lot of cards um, when I'm brewing Pioneer decks where it's like, there's no reason Wizards should have printed this unless they were planning Pioneer two years in advance. And I'm really starting to think that that was the case. You can see that they, they were having to plan something right around arena time because they're they're printing a lot of these sideboard staples. Like, why would this need to be in a standard set? Like, you're thinking of Crucible of Worlds. There was never really a time where you use Crucible of Worlds in a standard set. It wasn't a whole lot of synergy. They tried a little bit, but it never even created to a deck. So you're seeing these oddball cards, and right around, I think, that time is when, yep, now they're starting to plan for a new format. We we had the breadcrumbs, but you know no one can predict the future. But we have a lot of those pieces now, and they've done their homework. And I just can't wait to see these how these brews turn out. And if you guys want to check out this list, certainly go on Marin's YouTube channel, Marin MTG. They have the entire deck list uh, posted there, and also a TCG player link, so it's much easier to utilize if you want to purchase purchase it yourself. Yes, I should spell my name since my name's not typically one people hear often. So Marin is spelled M-E-R-Y-N. And uh, yeah, follow it up with MTG. And that's where you find my YouTube channel. Perfect. So one other list I want to go over is, I, I think it's your uh, latest video, is the Mardu Aristocrats. Uh, see, I, I wanted to take advantage of Rally the Ancestors because that was a very popular standard card. And I feel like a lot of people would be searching that for Pioneer. Unfortunately, the deck didn't perform as I would have expected. It was still a fine deck and it was pretty fun. But there's a lot of different ways to brew around with Rally the Ancestors. But me being a sucker for Aristocrats, I just had to try it with like Judith Scourge Diva and all the sack to drain and gain effects. Because like, it's, it's cool how like Blood Artist didn't make it into Pioneer, but recently Wizards printed Cruel Celebrant, which is basically a Pioneer viable uh, Aristocrat. So this, those are another one of those things where it's like, I think that Wizards was planning Pioneer for quite a while. That's why they gave us the backup Blood Artist there and things like that. But yeah, the deck was pretty cool. So some of the featured pieces and why I brought this one up is for the sake that you're using cards, even just a one of, that people don't really remember from uh, yesteryear. And one of them that I like to pick on is Nantuko Husk. You know, that's been a fringe modern card and budget dust circles for a long time. And using a lot of these, you know, different black sex energies that you would have or just even like one uh, touch of damage is fantastic. So, again, you may not have got the uh, best score, but I think that this video is crucial to uh, giving people ideas how to brew. Rally the Ancestors, again, you remember that from when you played Standard. This, this can be a very broken card in the coming format. Yeah, see, I, I actually did put a lot of singletons. Nantuko Husk was one of them, but this deck was so hard to brew because there's so many good things that you can put in it. And so there's going to be a lot of people in the comment section naming off cards that should have been in here, but I did try to put as many singletons as possible. Let me see. I got the list up right here. We have one Butcher of the Horde because I actually tried that in Marty Aristocrats in Modern, and it did quite well. There's only a singleton because with uh, Rally the Ancestors, it wouldn't be as easy to get a four drop back, so there's only one. Uh, Corpse Knight is another pretty new one where a creature enters and uh, it drains the opponent for one. So obviously when you rally back a bunch of creatures, that could be a thing. Midnight Reaper was a singleton just to be the fifth copy of Grim Horror The one singleton Nantuko Husk and the one Priest of Forgotten Gods. And when you're brewing decks, it's... Uh, if you're really trying to just get a feel of cards that you're unsure of, just put a singleton in. Try the list, and you can maybe uh, find a game where you get to try that card out. And if you like it, then put more in the next time you build the deck, and so on and so forth. So singletons are always a good thing. 
So one of the singletons in your sideboard is, um, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Obsdat Ghost Console. And that card's been yeah. lost with time. People have stopped using it in modern. It was reprinted in a modern Master Series because it was featured once upon a time. And it's such a great card. Again, always fringe modern. And just love seeing that piece because I think that that can be brewed around in this whole you know, life gain loss synergy. I think that was uh, yeah. a great piece. And then, of course, the powerhouses, which you still have great sideboard pieces that modern must or uh, Magic must have known is coming with a new format like Leyline of the Void and Thoughtseize still being printed from Theros. See, uh, that's another thing. The Ley Lines is another another way of s saying that Wizards was probably planning Pioneer for a while so that we still get to keep Ley Lines in this format. Uh, speaking of the Obsidat Ghost Council, that one, yeah, that, that's a card that can just straight up win a game on its own. I have this in here for the grindy matchups because, like, if you're going up against decks that are going to, like, sweep your graveyard and, um, and, like, sweep your board with, like, Supreme Verdicts, Obsidat can just, like, get around everything. And so that's why he's in there. Well, perfect. Again, you can find all of these lists, the videos uh, playing them with records. And uh, again, the full TCG list is in her comments of the YouTube video. Certainly check it out. It makes it easier if you want to purchase the deck or save the list yourself. But I uh, appreciate those lists. And for the next piece that I want to talk about is Hong Kong censorship has been everywhere since Blizzard screwed up and decided that they're going to try to censor and ban people for it. And it's just been bringing more spotlight than uh, people would expect to it. And Magic really took... Uh, they didn't come out and just stand up for China. It's a, it's a company. They don't want to make political statements that don't have to do with their product. So we understand that. But they're, not, uh, they're definitely not censoring it. And they've taken a, a couple different pieces. Even... Uh, one of the uh, protesters that they had up, I'm going to pull up his uh, contact information here. Lee Shintai's. Uh, he's a pro professional player that was featured for Magic Arena gameplay. And again, you know, covering his face. We had other players that actually wore um, like a bandana around his face. Um, Blitz Chung is the uh, gentleman that does that because that's where he's he's from and there's no shying away from it so you know bravo wizards of the coast for taking the opportunity to let people express themselves you know in a professional way um and not censoring that that's really admirable and uh i'm just glad to see magic doing that i, I know they're trying to uh learn from blizzard's mistakes and be more welcome to those hearthstone players that have now uninstalled <laughs> A couple of last things in the list is Mark Rosewater did more or less confirm in his blog that we're no longer going to have fetches in Zedekar. They were asking him about his storm scale. His storm scale is the likelihood of a reprint. It's uh, zero being it's never going to be reprinted ever guaranteed to 10 being, oh, it's almost assuredly coming in the next set. Um, they asked him what's on the storm scale, and he flatly told them that you saw well, we banned it in Pioneer. It's, it's really not going to be coming back. So, wipe the tear from your face. No more uh, no more power fetches for Pioneer format. Mystery boosters also have been talked about during this Pioneer spike that maybe they're going to do Pioneer Masters for these mystery, uh, mystery boosters, but that was confirmed that it's not going to be a Pioneer-focused uh, set. There's really no information we've got other than it's going to be a complete mystery, and Wizards have been doing a really good job of keeping the mystery packs under wraps there's no crumbs we've been fed no leaks no development blogs other than it's going to be a mystery 
So we have that, you know, 0.5% chance that it's going to be a reserve list. Cough, cough. Maybe this is how they can kibosh the reserve list. They're not intentionally putting it into a knowledge set. It's just, you know, one every million packs. We can dream, right? So, Marin, again, appreciate your time. And I want to dive into the to the interview. So what brought you, number one, when did you start modern, I, I should say? Because that's really what you're most known for is playing modern. Well, I started playing modern like in paper and online probably in like around 2013 or 2014. And I was just brewing with a, a bunch of cards that I didn't even know if they were modern legal or not. Like I was playing some serious jank. Um, but yeah, I, I got into like, it was a, a shortly after starting standard in M13. So it was quite a while back. Um, I was looking at there, there was a lot, basically a lot of the decks that I was looking at back then have since been banned or nerfed in some sort of way. But yeah, that's around the time I started. Perfect. So since then, you uh, you dove in. I'm assuming you played at your local game store. You started in paper or was it digital? Oh, definitely in paper. I think we all start in paper. At least one would hope. That's uh, that's the best way to get in kitchen, t- kitchen table format. But um, So when did you start being a content creator or dab- uh, dabbling with it? Oh man, I wanted to become a content creator since 2012, but unfortunately, I I had to start in 2018 because that's when I finally got the money to actually buy a computer. Um, so it was January 2018, and uh, I didn't like actually. I I would just be delving into a story that's way too long. Go on. <laughs> delving a story? No, that's what we want. We want to learn more information about you. So what inspired you for content creation? You just you wanted to uh, talk to an audience. You wanted to. Uh, uh, brew a community what what's the inspiration it was a, a youtuber by the name of shady penguin who i still watch to this day shady penguin is a pokemon content creator or at least he was and uh i i used to watch him a lot back in the day him and his friend um the king nappy there's all that pokemon content i honestly thought i was going to end up as a pokemon content creator but as the years went by i got so so much more involved in magic the gathering that the tides kind of turned but i guess the long story that i was going to not get into but i guess i will is that i never like thought that this would be where i end up because um basically talking and being in front of a camera is my job right now but i grew up being the shyest person ever and also i was a mute Uh, i'm pretty sure you know what a mute is just somebody who doesn't speak and that was up until I was 15 years old. So a long time I never spoke. So I never thought I would have a job that is literally like being like speaking and just being all public about everything. So I never like it was just complete opposite of what I was growing up. But um, I'm living out my dreams ever since like, like I said, since I was inspired by Shady Penguin in 2012. And I'm doing what it is I always wanted to do. And I'm so happy that I ended up here. That's fantastic. That's a that's a real inspiration there. Who uh, I, I certainly wouldn't have guessed that from your content. You're not only are you on YouTube, but you also uh, uh, stream on Twitch. That's actually where you get a lot of your content is with your community uh, while you're or doing the deck tests. What other uh, content or if any do you do? Uh, that is actually it. I I brew my decks on Friday. I do I record and edit the intros on Sunday. And that, that's all the content um, prepared for the following week. And then I just, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, I stream my gameplay on Twitch. I edit it up, put the intro, and put it on YouTube. And that is basically my entire job. But I, I do streaming on Twitch just because 
like as a content creator trying to make the most out of their time might as well like if you're gonna do gameplay anyways might as well stream it because you can also get some support from twitch as well Perfect. So I have a question about your Twitch because I've been on your Twitch a couple of times and anytime that people, I think it's a subscribe or donation, there's this video clip and it just, it's hilarious, but I don't know the story behind it. So it's like some person doing like two hands in front of them, like a super sane yell. Like what's the story behind oh, yeah. that? Oh, that's, uh, that's Austin Dickey from the Dickey Dines show. And the, the Dickey Dines show currently today is my favorite YouTube channel. I watch it like hours a day every day just because it's like it's like my like everybody when they're working or whatever they have like youtube videos on on the side or some music on on the side for me i have the dickie dines show on on the side and that was from just a, a cooking episode they, like austin was cooking um some bean dip for halloween some spooky bean dip and conveniently it's around halloween time right now but um yeah like at the end he had to um, I'll quote him, send some enchantments its way or something like that, something along the lines of that. And then he just steps back and yells at the beam dip as loud as he can. And that is where I took the clip for my subscriber <laughs> notification. And while I, where he throws his arms out, I try to mimic that as well when somebody subscribes. And it's just become a thing. And I really like it. Maybe it'll change someday, maybe not. But yeah, I like it. I hope not. For people that haven't seen this, you should uh, certainly look. It, it's not even edited from your uh, YouTube videos because it just makes the moment. So certainly check it out. Uh, check it out. It's it's it really makes content. Even if you don't get it, it's just it makes you giggle. Like I I've heard some people say that it scares them because it's just it's so spontaneous. Because like if somebody's like laying down trying to go to sleep and they have one of my videos on and then somebody just screams out of nowhere, it might wake them up. But yeah, that's that's the one problem with it. But I think it's funny. So Marin, do you have any recommendations for? I always hear about new. Um, Magic the Gathering content creators, especially like, you know, deck brewers, you know, what's the do's and don'ts behind, you know, starting their own YouTube account or streaming? Oh, my number one advice to new content creators is stick to your schedule, dude. Like a lot of people, they wake up one day and they're just like, oh, I'm feeling lazy today or I want to watch my anime or play video games. No, if, if you're going to become a successful content creator, you put you because you're your own boss. You think about it because like, if you're not working for like a real job like your boss out there in real life you are your own boss as a content creator and you have to like work as if your boss is watching because you are your own boss so get onto the computer start your content start editing and it's it's a lot of it's very difficult for people to be motivated to do that but if if you're if you have a goal in mind you can definitely do it so yeah just just don't miss an upload don't miss a stream that's that's my number one advice I got to say the same for content created for podcasts. Podcasts are really unique as most podcasts are ingested either to work, at work, or on the way home from work. So that's why I do it on Sundays. I'm a aggregate news source for Magic the Gathering, and I make sure to do this podcast every Sunday so I have it ready by Monday morning when people hop in their car and have their first sip of coffee. If I don't do that, my listenership completely tanks, so I have to stand testament to that advice. It is by far the best advice I have for my content. But um, what's a good schedule that someone can, uh, um, you know, try out for, say, a stream or YouTube? I think a very solid schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like for starters, and that's uh, very like easy to to do and and stick to because. I mean, it just fits. Like, it just makes sense. It just, it's a, it's a schedule that makes sense. And you're, you're only doing it three times a week. I think two is not enough, honestly. And uh, three is just fine. 
but in the future always like strive for more you know like you do monday through friday if it becomes like your full-time job but yeah monday wednesday friday is a good start perfect so when's the moment that you knew like oh this is gonna work out like either that or you know what's your most infamous content you've created and most infamous content either positive know, or, or or negative the stuff that like you're known for known for modern content for brewing for being the less popular saffron olive basically well the one thing that made me pick you up is the creative decks so one of my favorites and love to know like the idea of her brewing behind is mono blue panza it caught my eye like what someone someone tried that and you didn't have a bad record it was it was a really creative brew gave me a bunch of ideas you know where do you get uh, a lot of the content just from your own draft plays most of my decks i brew by myself and uh but that one specifically was uh that one was so i have a lot of people send me deck lists whether it be through the youtube comment section dms on twitter facebook page or email and that was from on the email somebody named zero dame they're at zero dame on twitter if you want to hit them up for some decks but he sent me like a million deck lists like he sent like 30 deck lists and i was looking through them very briefly and a mono blue ponza came up and it had this cool like theme to it i saw what he was going for so i took that list and i brewed around with it and i let him know and showed him the list and everything and we were like this is awesome let's do it for a video and it ended up being my most popular video and a lot of people come to me saying oh i found you from mono blue ponza and i'm like oh yeah cool so and i'm so not the I, only I one mono blue. all right go ahead i'm not the only one who found you on that one I, I take it yeah there's a lot of people who found me from that or um some some certain affinity decks whenever i post affinity decks it, it ends up being pretty popular you know, there's just certain decks, and a lot of people, surprisingly, uh, come to me saying they found me from, uh, th there was a series I used to do called After Sideboard, where I'd completely transform my deck after Sideboard into a completely new deck, and I did this deck called uh, um, Eight Rack to Devotion. So it was just like mono black eight rack, you know what that is. And then after sideboard, bringing the Garys, like we were talking about earlier, the Grey Merchants, and, and just a lot of Devotion stuff. And a lot of people found me from like those two videos specifically. So what is your personal favorite deck that you've done over time? Like there's got to be ones that you continually go back to that's just either complete domination or memes. Oh man, there's a lot of good choices on the channel. There's so many fun decks that I've played. Um, I, I would say that a lot of the Stompy decks I've played, a lot of the Soul Sisters decks, uh, honestly, probably mono green devotion decks too. Cause those are like my favorite archetypes, like in actuality. So yeah, Monogreen Devotion, like we did just straight up Monogreen Devotion. We did Wake Root Devotion, which was like a, a different kind of combo in Monogreen, which is actually maybe viable in Pioneer. Spoilers might be on the channel. Um, so, yeah, there's just anything that is an archetype that I favor towards is going to be like one of my favorite brews. So for the listeners that are uh, on the podcast, as far as, you know, some leaked information, what videos could possibly be coming up in your very near future? Let's see. Um, well, I'm definitely not done with modern content. I still want to see how that does. Honestly, the uh, Mardu Aristocrats deck for Pioneer that we just posted didn't do it did below average in terms of, of views because usually when I upload a video, it gets if it's doing bad, it gets somewhere between four and five thousand views. And the Mardu Aristocrats is barely at three thousand on day two. So it's 
Pioneer, like, it, I mean, it took off really well when I did that um, Hardened Scales deck, but I still, I'm not, I'm not done with Pioneer. I do want to explore the format a little bit more, and I'm planning on doing Monogreen Stompy, maybe Monogreen Devotion, maybe Copycat, and just do a little bit more Bruise here and there. But it might end up being, I'm still figuring things out since it's a very new format, but I, I might stick to Modern as my primary format and then just do Pioneer on like Fridays or something. Just do like one video of Pioneer Week and stick to mainly Modern. But I have a lot of things queued up for Modern still. And I guess I'll spoil one. Please. That's just for fun. Um, so the other ones I'm going to keep hidden, but I'll spoil this one uh, that I'm very excited about for Modern is a deck that I call Bizarre Hollow Trees. Now that does sound very weird and bizarre. If yes, you will. it does. But um, Ghoul Tree is a card from Dark Ascension. It's an eight drop 10, 10 that costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. And the plan is to play a bunch of cyclers like you would in Living End to make Ghoul Tree cost as little as possible. But you also have Hollow One, which is an archetype in modern uh, quite a while back where it costs um, two less to cast for each card you discard this turn. And with those cyclers, you, you end up discarding a bunch of cards. But the bizarre part of the deck comes from Magus of the Bizarre and Bizarre Trade Mage. Now, the term Bizarre in Magic the Gathering comes from the original card Bizarre of Baghdad, where it's a land where you can tap it to draw two cards and then discard three. But lately, we got Magus of the Bizarre and Bizarre Trade Mage from Modern Horizons and Plane Shift. Magus of the Bizarre is pretty old, but Magus of the Bizarre can tap to draw two and discard three, and Bizarre Trade Mage, when it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards and then discard three. Conveniently, Hollow One is a card that wants you to discard three cards so that it costs zero mana to play as a 4-4. And conveniently, with those Bizarres discarding you a bunch of creature cards, Ghoul Tree will cost a lot less. So it's going to be a very, very, very different and interesting take on the OG Hollow One deck, and I'm very excited to try that out. So you know now that that is coming up on the channel, and get hyped. It's going to be cool. Hope to see you guys there. So my head just exploded. You know, I, I realize you can't tell the record because that would be spoiling too much of the video. But is there some living end in the sideboard even? Or is this just completely based upon casting it for, for free? There is no living end in the sideboard. Pretty much we're just trying to... We have some sideboard enchantment hate to destroy rest in pieces or Leyline of the Voids. But basically we're trying to just get around um, the graveyard hate and just go all in on discarding creature cards. That's the plan. Man, I certainly cannot wait for that. So, besides the deck, uh, the deck list, is there any other content that you're thinking of uh, trying in the future outside of your norm? Maybe a different platform, maybe a different style content? I, I really would love to have more time to do more content. Unfortunately, I have roommates who, uh, who live here as well, so i got to be respectful of their time and only do content when I can. But in the future, when I have more time, I would definitely like to do some more live streams, maybe streaming some limited gameplay. But in terms of the YouTube channel, I would love to do some kind of talk show style thing, sort of like this, if I can find some buddies to do it with. And also, it would be a dream to do EDH content, because EDH is my favorite format. Uh, I would have to find a way how to do that, maybe inviting other content creators that are as big as I am, and perhaps that would be successful. But I've tried EDH content in the past, and with randoms and with people nobody knows about, it's not that successful at all not many people watch it basically if you're not the command zone or um one of the like playing with power or whatever 
your EDH content is not going to get views. So I really have to find a way to sneak this out and get EDH views because that's definitely something that I'd like to delve into. Well, perfect. Well, I, Marin, I appreciate it. And uh, if you're ever looking for those, uh, you know, content uh, collaborations, certainly uh, let us know. We'll uh, help you out in any way we can. But uh, to find you again, it's Marin MTG. And uh, what was the spelling again? E-R-Y-N. Perfect. And the best way is, again, subscribe on her YouTube channel or on Twitch. And is Twitch handle the same? It's Marin Moon on Twitch. That's my real name. Perfect. And Twitter handle is at Marin Moon as well. Certainly uh, follow, subscribe, and you do have a Patreon to uh, thank you for your content. Um, anything that uh, you felt like you missed? I think we covered everything. Fantastic. You got anything for us, Nick? Nothing at all. All right. Well, again, thanks again, Marin, and I'm really excited to brew into some uh, some Pioneer. And before I, I leave, um, I, I have to make a request for a Pioneer video. All right, go for it. If it's spicy enough, we'll maybe play it it's spicy. So I just realized, because I'm a mill player, that Frank Sanity and Traumatizer are both in Pioneer. You have oh, to give yeah. it a go. Oh, yeah. I'm actually I'm actually putting a Traumatizer in an EDH deck I'm brewing at the moment. It's a it's a lovely card. But Frank Sanity is a very underrated mill card, in my opinion. And I'm surprised that it stopped seeing play in modern mill um, because it works so well with, like, Archive Trap and just anything in general, like Lindsay Unthinkable Mills 20. Um but yeah, if there's enough, if there's enough brewability, if there's enough mill stuff, I would definitely try it out. You know, you got to play it control, just protect the combo and wait until that turn five hit when you traumatize and watch them cry. Yeah. I mean, Sphinx's tutelage is probably the go-to mill deck in Pioneer right now. So if I were to build mill, it'd probably be tutelage. Perfect. I can't wait to see all of those. Well, again, thanks again. And brew those Pioneer decks, guys. We will see you next week. Let's cue that outro. Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. Seriously, follow guys. and subscribe. Or is it just follow? I, you know what? Subscribe, follow, like, share. It's, it's, oh my. It's on Spotify. It's already on Stitcher. We have the RSS feed on the website. This Check week in MGD.com. That's us. Please share with your friends. Share it up. Outro done. <laughs>